So we lost no. our adventures. I know. So are we recording? Always good conversations. And we are recording. Okay. Great. Thank you all once again for participating in our latest episode of our Cisco Geekcast. Uh, I'm your host, Arthur Wu, also the known as the Annoyingly Moral Captain America. Let's do a quick roll call. I'll have some housekeeping items, so we'll do a quick roll call. I'll kind of set up the, the premise, give you guys some fun trivia and history, and then you guys can go through just uh, pros and cons, give it a rating, and then we'll end it with, you know, our th- overall thoughts. And there we go. So uh, let's start from my left to right, just a quick introduction, and then we'll go around the room. Yeah. Okay, uh, my name is Kai. This is my fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever podcast. Okay, cool. My name is Arding, and this is my first podcast. <laughs> I'm here for the laugh. Still hasn't watched the movie. Right, right. Full hey. spoilers. But... We haven't watched the movie? Yeah. Oh, Get the hell out of here. Oh. Get out of this room. Yeah. Hey, I'm just here to hear yourself and you guys fool yourself. I actually went to watch a Han Solo. Oh, okay. yeah. Be dedicated. Dedicated. Get Andrew off my bed. <laughs> what? Uh, I am uh, Dot, and I I think I've been to all these, right? Hello. Yeah. Yep, sure. I'm Nick. Uh, I think I've been to most of the podcasts. I represent the voice of the people. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I like how we remove the ignorance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another way of saying Okay. Those on the phone? I'm Ronald. Um, I've been on all, maybe, maybe missing one of the, these podcasts. Um, been and uh, yeah, excited to be here. Okay. And last but not least, Anthony Vu. I don't even work at Cisco anymore, but I still join these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and I still talk shit over email all the time. Sorry. That's, that's why we love you. You just made the rating for this go from a PG. To PG-13. <laughs> yeah, PG-13, yeah. That's shit. It's PG now. They, they've changed now it. <laughs> Just wait till the Deadpool podcast, man. Oh, man. Yeah. You should leave that one, Anthony. Um, anyway, so let me kind of share my screen real quick. I'll share some fun fact trivia. So we're going to talk about the Ant-Man movie. And oh, I brought, busted what? out some good history. Woo-hoo. I always like to share some history with you guys. So, as you know, Let's the Ant-Man movie is the, is the last movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 2. So, Phase 1, we went through Iron Man, Hulk, Cap, uh, Thor, and the Avengers. So, in Phase 2, we had Iron Man, Cap, Thor, Avengers, Guardians. Um, and Ant-Man is like the latest and the ending of that. So, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, um, what's the word, uh, worry that this movie wouldn't live up to its hype or... or People wouldn't resonate uh, with the character or the audience, but I think it did relatively well. Uh, I mean, it's not like big gangbusters, but I think it was a really strong, solid movie. But um, some trivia here. So the movie is based off of um, Ant-Man, the lead character, but actually let's go back in time a little bit. So the founding Avengers you see on the left-hand side here are actually uh, the five right now. So Ant-Man, Wasp, Iron Man, Hulk, and Thor, they were actually the original founding Avengers, right? So uh, Captain America actually retains founding status because uh, he showed up like four issues later on, but he wasn't actually part of the original five. Um, so that's, a, a, yeah, I know hey, someone's going to say something. Yep. <laughs> the cap haters here have something else to say. But, um, so Ant-Man and, and Wasp, they're actually really important characters because they were, you know, founding members of the whole team. Now, in this universe, um, the original Hank Pym, 
um, it, played by Michael Douglas, is not is totally different. He actually um, is separated from the, the main Avengers as of Wasp. They've actually changed their origins to be more of like um, Cold War superheroes, as you've seen. Uh, so they weren't actually doing stuff with the Avengers. They actually are totally separate. Uh, but in the comic books, they're very, very tied to the origin. In fact, you know, the Wasp actually gives the name the Avengers that you see in the little panel here, right? She actually was the one that coined the name. And also, she was um, not only a founding Avenger, she's actually led the team many years, uh, for many years uh, at different points in time. So she actually led the big guns, um, besides just having Cap and, and Iron Man and others lead the team. So she's actually a very uh, important... <laughs> progressive. progressive. You're welcome. <laughs> she's actually she's actually a very important character, um, but let's get into her character in a second. So let's talk about Hank Pym, right? So um, Hank Pym definitely was changed from the movie where uh, Michael Douglas um, in this movie he actually has some you can tell some animosity. Um, you know, he throws some jabs at, at Tony Stark. He, he throws some offhanded comments about the Avengers, you know, dropping an island on the city. So he either is saying that partly because he doesn't like them, or maybe it's like friendly competition. We don't really know, right? So it's a very interesting dynamic, but. Um, Hank has actually been one of the founding Avengers for the longest time. I'm not going to get into his convoluted history, but he's actually had a lot of different personas uh, due to mental instability and other things. So he's actually not only been Ant-Man, but he was also this guy called Yellow Jacket, which was the villain in this movie. He was actually um, Giant Man, the one in red um, with V. He was also a character called Goliath, um, so a super giant man. And other times he was just regular Hank Pym, that kind of red jumpsuit, and he'd pull out gadgets and you know shrink and enlarge them when needed. So he's had a lot of different um, personas over the years. So it's it's weird where his background is actually robotics and entomology and molecular science. So he's sort of you know from a brain perspective, he's on par with like you know the Hulk um, and also Tony Stark. They have their own disciplines, but he's actually up there in terms of scientific smarts. But it's kind of strange how um, what his background is, because robotics and entomology are totally different subjects, right? So as you know, in the previous movie, um, Hank Pym created Ultron, but in the movie universe, they gave that to Tony Stark. Yeah. So definitely changed canon a little bit. Um, this is a, a nice picture of the overall Avengers. It was a really nice art piece. Um, I just wanted to highlight on the, ed on the edge here, uh, the Wasp, she has a lot of different uh, costumes over the years. And that's kind of one of her claim to fame as well, because she's actually a fashion designer. Who is she? Um, so she's, she's, fought, she's on the borders of this um, picture. And the artist did a really good job of packing many years of Avengers uh, on here, which is really cool. But um, it's just to show that how important the Wasp is. Um, she is not just some third-rate or second-tier background character. She's you know, a fashion uh, leader in that universe, but also a leader of the Avengers, and she's also reflected that in her personality over the years. Why is um, Captain America in the middle? He's not even a founding member. Because he is Mr. <laughs> Avengers, so you know, uh, we won't go there. Uh, but so, to, so bring it back down to the movies real quick before I um, hurry up and get to the you know, to you guys. Um, so the movie centered around Scott Lang. He is actually the second Ant-Man. Uh, he actually was uh, pulling some mm -hmm. crime jobs off of, um, I think it was Tony Stark or actually Hank Pym, and then he sort of reformed and ended up working for Tony Stark um, a few years. Um, you know, he, he kind of became a reformed Avenger. So he was actually a criminal. So that's actually in canon. Um, you know, Hank Pym shared the Pym particles with him. Uh, he did some stuff uh, for Hank and also Tony in the Marvel Universe. And he actually was a member of the Avengers um, a few times. He actually was part of the Fantastic Four when they were doing some shuffles. So he's done a, a, quite a lot. Um, the third Ant-Man, he's actually pretty recent. Um, this Ant-Man actually is probably a character Nick would appreciate. Um, he was actually a low-level S.H.I.E.L.D. agent 
that um, stole Hank Pym's shrinking formula and used it for his own nefarious ends. So he was also, you know, he was out there womanizing, stealing from people, um, using his power to take advantage of situations for his own personal gain, right? So he like, he used yeah. To be a peeping tub. yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he is actually Marvel, right? Yeah. So he was. Um, How low you guys think of me? He was actually started in a mo- in a book called The Irredeemable Ant Man, but that's also the third Ant Man. So there's actually been multiple Ant Man anyway. But um, so just wanted to give you guys a quick kind of overview of that. But we all know what the movie's about. So um, instead of me hashing over the movie, why don't I just start? Whoever wants to jump in and provide their overall pros and cons, and we can go into ratings at the very end. And I'll just kind of keep us going and watching us on time. Oh, one last thing I want to um, share with this is the last one. So the daughter in this movie, uh, Cassie Lang, who is uh, the main character's daughter, she's only like seven or eight in the movie. She will actually eventually someday become uh, a young Avenger herself by the name of Stature. So she takes um, her, her father's, uh, not her father, but Scott's uh, usage of the, the, the pin particles and sort of becomes like a different giant girl, so to speak. But her, oh, her Scott's daughter, Scott, is, yeah, okay. using pim particles to grow. So she's not, you know, she's calls herself stature, but she grows in size as her powers. So she definitely was her um, following in her footsteps of her father to be a superhero. So, but maybe they'll do that in a future movie uh, down the line. Who knows? So anyway, um, I'm going to pass it on to whoever wants to jump in on their thoughts on the actual movie itself. But I thought I'd give you guys a quick intro and some background, so always fun to have. Let's go party. Oh, oh wait. Uh, <laughs> see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that I will be watching this movie very differently <laughs> from what you guys watched? Sure. It would be a very informed opinion. Is that my chip spec? No. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Here, why don't we start with our control group, Nick. Yeah. Okay. How did you like the movie? Or I liked it. Uh, I didn't like it as much as I liked um, maybe the big action ones. I thought it was a, I, maybe I heard too much hype, but I liked it overall. There were some parts where uh, I kind of I was like I didn't know why he has to like shrink down and grow like shrink and grow shrink and grow so much. That part I didn't really get. I liked. I really liked what? the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, let me just talk, let me start with a question. I was like, he's like they're showing the old footage of Hank Pym like fighting. He's like tiny. He's beating people up. Why does the new Ant and why does uh, Paul Rudd like why, why does he have to shrink and grow when he's fighting? Why can't he just stay small all the time and beat people up? It's probably a style. Oh, well, they made it. They told him you have to do that. You have to shrink and grow when you fight. I was like, I didn't get that. But well, I think part of it was because they he had he had a very short time to leverage the abilities of the suit, right? And it's not always very quick for someone using the suit to think, oh, I can actually fight in two different sizes, because the immediate thought would be. I should fight normally in the small form most of the time. But the first thing that he wants to do is say, look, you have a very short time frame to use this to our advantage. One major advantage is that you can fight in both sizes. So I thought I like, that's what they're coming that, from. It kind of took away from the action scenes. I liked it. I mean, I liked it overall. That was just one of the things every time during the action scenes, it kind of took me a little off. Like, oh, why is he doing that? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. Okay. Anyway, that, but I like Fair enough. I like Tank Tim. What I are you like talking about, Nick? <laughs> I'm just so like, like I don't understand like, your uh, reasoning at all. <laughs> so, okay, you know when he's like this small, this is what you get. You start with the ignorant math. We start with the dumb questions. So let yeah. me. You know when he's and small, then, and then the Hulk gets upset. Yeah. <laughs> so you know when he's small, he's like he's powerful, right? He's, yeah. He, he retains the the normal mass of a human. Yeah. Power, right? So when he's fighting like the anybody, the Avenger with the uh, Falcon. Falcon. <laughs> when he's fighting them, he has to like constantly like. He's constantly getting bigger and smaller. Anytime he gets big, he's like, 
like puts him at a disadvantage getting hit or whatever. Why doesn't he just because he can't like what? he can't like move he can't move the same way like if he's like traveling like distances like he, he, yeah exactly he can't cover distances because eventually right the the bullets are gonna hit him right because he's even though he's small he he's not as fast he's he's just not gonna be as fast as as you are as a full size human. And I, right. I kind of take it. Way? I take it. Kind of take it like training, because if Hank and, and Janet, the original, right, if they were Cold War heroes, they probably had some form of military training. Uh-huh. Whereas this guy's just sort of like the criminal, you know. Just, okay. I mean, that's how I saw it. Okay. I might be wrong. I, I didn't understand that because when they were showing the old footage of Hank yeah. Pym, like you know, yeah. he's like small the whole time, right? And he's like sure. throwing people around and beating them up. Right. So that was one thing I liked. It. I liked. I really liked uh, Michael Douglas's Hank Pym. I liked the way he kind of like. Said Tony Stark's like technology is cute, so I like how he's like a like a mental giant. I thought that was really cool. yeah. Um, rating? I'd say probably like a. Or we're gonna wait to rate them. Oh, yeah. oh, oh we'll just do pros and cons. Yeah. Okay. What you liked and what you didn't like. The yeah. pros, the cons. Uh, I many. I think kind of some of the parts where they're with the whole servers in the end and all all the bugs, it got a little bit. I couldn't really. I, I don't know. I couldn't follow the. Uh, the sequence of, of like oh, physical man. action that well because it was like you know, it was like all over these little bugs here and there everywhere. I know there's so much magic going on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what I said. <laughs> it was just, it was, I don't know. I I I guess I prefer the bigger overall like the Avengers style action. But okay, cool beans. Okay. All right, next. And we may go over a little bit, but that's fine, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We started late. Who's next? On the phone or in the in the room? Here we go, phone people. Okay, Ronald or Anthony? Which one? <laughs> Ronald, go ahead. Uh, I gotta say, yeah. I mean, I I enjoyed it. It was a it was a nice uh, end to the second part of the uh, Marvel universe, Marvel movie universe. Um, I didn't. I didn't think it was quite as innovative or out there as Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think it necessarily intended to be either. But um, I still enjoyed it as a whole. Um, I, what I'm just curious though is, is um, obviously there was the ending scene, right? Post-credit scene at the end. But I, I do just kind of wish that I had a better picture of how Ant-Man is going to fit into the larger Avengers. Um, movie because they, they obviously or the the larger uh, direction that Avengers is moving toward because they obviously referenced the Avengers headquarters they had Falcon in there they had all these you know references to the to the Avengers but what does this mean for Civil War right I mean I'm I'm really curious if I really wish that something that happened in Ant Man would have contributed towards Civil War you know what I mean mm-hmm. won't Hank Pym like bringing Hank Pym in isn't that a big part of the Civil War like he's made um, like a contributor no, not based on the book, right? From well, when you well he was. book and movie are totally different. Um, yeah, they're going to be different anyway. So I think in the movie, I don't know if Hank Pym is going to be in the the next year's Civil War. Yeah. Because if you look at the the actor list, I don't think Michael Douglas is in there. No, I don't, think he, he no I don't think he is. No, I don't. Yeah, he's not signed on for. He's not yeah, signed on for more than one movie. Cameo, but I don't think he's like a, a key character. Yeah. I'd like that. So but anyway, keep keep going, Ronald. But yeah, no, I really liked it. It was good acting, it was a good humor. Um, I was kind of skeptical about Paul Rudd being in there. Um, but then again, you know, they've, they've done a great, uh, the Marvel Universe, meaning they uh, have done a great job in bringing in, you know, some pretty big name actors. And 
uh, not making it too, what do you call it? Um, my, my thing, my problem with sometimes bringing in big actors is that you can't help but see them in previous roles that they've done. So, Star-driven. Star exactly. It's, it, it could become too star-driven. But thankfully, you know, even with, with Paul Rudd, um, I think they played Ant-Man pretty well with his, with his natural humor, his natural kind of goofiness, um, but also, you know, pulled off making Ant-Man unique uh, for, for Paul Rudd uh, pretty well as well. Um, I, I do wish, well, I guess we can talk about this more later, but I, I do wish that the climax of the movie was not quite as forced as it was, but we can talk about that in, in a... Yeah, I agree with that. Around. Yep. Okay, it's still very forced. Okay, gotcha. All right, next, in the room or on the phone? If I talk, we're going to get into discussion. <laughs> a long one. A long one. So we've got to slim it down. Trip it down. Real okay. Uh, then Donner Anthony. I'm holding off only because I don't know if I have a whole lot to say and I want to hear what everybody else says. Oh. All right, I can go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I thought it was a really solid movie for the most part. Um, I thought the the actors were all good. Um, I actually I really love the final like the finale train station fight or the the train set fight. I thought it was really innovative. I really liked that it was smaller. Um, cause you know I was kind of tired of seeing you know Age of Ultron like Guardians of the Galaxy, a big ship crashing the ground, something like that. So it was really I thought it was really innovative how they just made it really like a family. It was like the family drama, right? The family um whatever finale they they found a little. Uh, house. Um, I what else? I also, also like the little parallels with him and his daughter, and like Hank Pym and his daughter Janet, or not Janet, uh, Hope. Uh, yeah. This is kind of cool, like cool parallels. How they're they're pretty much kind of matching matching each other throughout the movie. Um, what else did I like? I thought the humor was mostly good. I thought some of the humor was just kind of like. Uh, yeah, I think like Ronald was saying, it was a little bit forced. Some of the humor, like it, I, it didn't hit like all with me, uh, but it was mostly good. Um, I didn't like uh, similar theme through all Marvel movies. I didn't like the villain. The villain was just like there's no. Um, he had no, uh, there's no build up. He's just like an evil guy, uh, apparently because he he shrunk and got big a lot, and the particles made him evil. <laughs> I think that was, that was a little bit lame. Um, he yeah, he did. No, people. Yeah. he well he mental instability. Yeah, the way that I saw it, he just had you know parental issues. Right? Yeah, yeah. By yeah. yeah, and he also had some. I think it affected him mentally because he's probably yeah. eating before. Yeah. I don't think they need to add to that no, part. He could have just been an evil guy. <laughs> um, I thought he had, you know, because he was, he was kind of like his protege, so I think he had exposure to using the formula back then. Yeah. 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 Back then, um, no, back, no, the whole point was that back then, Tim didn't exactly. technically have it, but he actually and he did, share and he wouldn't share it. Mm -hmm. And that's why right. he got upset over the fact that he knew Tim had it, right. but he could never prove it. Oh. And then, at the same time, he got abandoned by Tim. Exactly. And then that... And then you created his own. Yeah. I think he was a joke. He tried to recreate it, yeah. Yeah, okay. he... He had a minute issue. Is this, not, is this guy... Is, so is he not a character in the uh, original? Like, he, he is. Um, he is? 
He is, but he's not well known. Is he, is so, he Yellow Jacket? Like so Darren Cross, I think he's, I'm not totally familiar. I think he only shows up in some recent books. I, I actually didn't check that one. But Yellow Jacket has always been a Hank Pym character. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was one of his personas uh, when he was mentally unstable. That's different then. Yeah, because Hank Pym was always sort of shy and, and um, mm -hmm. reserved. And then when he, you know, he, he'd always have these mental swings. So when he took on the Yellow Jacket, he was like full of confidence, arrogance, and cocky. And, you know, Yellow Jacket kind of reflected that. But he was never, yeah. For the movie, I think they they definitely shifted that. So, but yeah, okay. Keep going. Um, uh, okay. So villain, I didn't like. Uh, talked about the humor. Uh, what else didn't I like? Um, I think the heist was a little like it was not really heisty at all. <laughs> it was a little like lackluster to me. Like, um, what the hell? Sorry, I had a work email. Um, yeah, it was a little lackluster. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I whatever. I, for the most part, I enjoyed the movie, yeah. and it was a good like, palate cleanser for Civil War after going through Age of Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think Anthony brings up some great points yeah. about about how they they scaled it down. It's not quite. It's not like the universe or like the Earth is in danger. It's like you know what, my family is in danger. Let's deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, smaller scale stakes. I'd heard a lot about it being a high scale action hero. Yeah, that kind of, I was kind of let down the same. I, I was waiting for like kind of a, a big height, like a intricate heist, uh, okay. like a scene or thing. But it, I was like, well, that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair. Okay. So then, Dot or Kai? Sure. We have to go. So I ain't got much to say. Um, but you know, I went in and saw the movie. I really wasn't intending to see it. I had said originally that I would really only go to see it if it did better than seventy percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> did it? And it did much better, right? Yeah, I mean, it got yeah. it was like around the 80, 80 for critics and like um, mm -hmm. ninety to ninety-three yeah. for reviewers, which is yeah, it's not high. Yeah. No, it's not, and it's just really high for a Marvel movie because mm -hmm. it, it outperformed in terms of reviews better than most of the Marvel movies. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but you know, at the end of the day, I really went to see it so I could take part in this podcast. <laughs> but, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I had a lot of high hopes for it. When, I, when they announced the Ant-Man, I was very excited. Because the Ant-Man that I knew, at least, was based on the um, Earth's Mightiest Heroes cartoon, uh, which I thought that version of Ant-Man was extremely good. You know, uh, the, the animated series? Yes. That's right. um, where they really filled him up as a pacifist, and he didn't really want to be a hero. He did it really for the loss, and, you know, he just yeah. on her. And that, I thought that was a good story. And his... Vision for Ultron, which really made Man of the Ape to Tony Stark. Yeah. But, you know, with the, the movie itself, I think they did a, a really good job. And, you know, before I even saw Arthur, you said, you know, this is the movie uh, that we need. And I didn't really understand what that meant. Or, you know, the, the, you know, the whole, what kind of movie it was relative to the kind of movies that Marvel puts out. And I think it comes out to sort of lower level, not so epic, not so grandiose an adventure. And, um, you know, I don't want to spend any time about talking about your preferences versus what kind of movie you like. If you like it to be more grandiose, or you like it to be more street level like Daredevil or just kind of a smaller contained story. But I thought for what it was, it was very good. I told my wife that coming out of it, um, I really had no complaints. I didn't know what I was going to talk about here because I can't even really nitpick at it. it. It's a relatively tight story. You could say maybe the heist wasn't as big as you wanted it to be. You could say this or that. The jokes to me were, I thought, pretty well done, not overdone. I thought the Avengers movies jokes were bad in a lot of ways. <laughs> sure. um, but this one I thought were relatively clean and didn't have, have a problem with it at all. 
Um, Paul Rudd as Ant-Man, I thought he did really well. Um, I had heard that one of the reasons they liked him is because he's got that baby face, and although he's supposed to be a criminal, you can't help but like and root for him. Right, true. So I thought it was very good. In terms of star power, I, I, what he had done in the past, I never really attached to in the first place. Actually, I had a harder time with uh, Evangeline Lilly because mm. I'm more used to seeing her around in things and, and have sort of stereotyped her character in, in certain ways. That's hope, right? Right. Mm. Um, so that wasn't a problem, but that was more of an issue to me than, say, Paul Rudd would have been. Um, the, uh, the main baddie, just like you said, Kai, I saw it the way you saw it. He's basically a messed up man because he has psychological bad issues. He's basically a highly driven, motivated man who just lost everything in an instant. So he puts on the suit and just starts murdering stuff here. Um, but, you know, he basically had daddy issues and all that good stuff, and that's what it came down to. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was extremely well executed, really well written. Um, uh, a tight story that didn't really leave any loopholes. I didn't need to see it tied to larger Avengers because I think all heroes have to have a beginning. Mm-hmm. I love how they treated Hank Pym as a character. Um, my daughter, who is nine years old, noted that, why is he always hitting people? <laughs> Which I thought was great. And I actually think, I don't know if it's true, that it was a, a shout out to the fact that mm. he's got the history of striking his wife. Hank Pym? Yeah. yeah. I thought he was a pacifist. Oh, no. so, okay, here's some quick, quick history. So, back in the 80s, there was an infamous story where when he was Yellow Jacket and he was uh, mentally unstable, he struck Jan- Janet Van Dyne, his wife, the wasp. And it, and then he went to jail and went to trial and then, you know... It, it was. It was actually one of the first of its kind. But he, he struck her once. Now, this is not something to be... Um, taken like lightly, of course, right? But I think over the years, the writers sort of latched onto that, unfortunately, and kept going back to that well and saying, oh, he's a, a, uh, a, a woman beater, when he's not. He's, he's much more of a character than that, but they keep going back to that over and over, saying he has to overcome that thing. And, it's, it, you know, he struck her, you know, and I'm not justifying what he did, but he was also mentally unstable from the costume and from where he was. And this is a heightened reality, obviously, right? So we're talking about comics, so he had a good reason. So, um, you know, I'm not justifying that, but I think they've kind of, writers have sort of ruined the character a little bit, or they can't get him out of that ditch because right. they keep going back to that thing about, you're a white beater, you hit, you hit your wife, you know, you're a domestic abuser, when he really isn't. Uh, that's unfortunate for the character, because he's way more than that. But anyway, I, I don't want to get too deep in that, but that's what Dr. No, that, Brain do. And to me it was important, because um, one of the things that Ant-Man, the problem with him was because of that incident, at least people who really become to that, they say that incident was greater than the character itself. Which and is unfortunate. Becomes, yes, yeah. it becomes a defined character, and I felt that they... I know, I, I kept thinking hit people. Ah, so and I kept thinking that. that if if you're a comic fan and you watch the movie and you see him hitting people, you tie that back to the acknowledgement of his history, whether yeah. it's the correct interpretation of it or not. Right. But as a semi-angry, sort of um, hair-trigger kind of guy. Hmm. Right? I don't remember the hitting, but that's a good point. Yeah, uh, at the very beginning when he was in the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Somebody, yeah. Shield agent, when he yeah. went out and he saw Darren Cross, he hit him. Ah, right, right, right. He'd have outbursts. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Things like that. Things like twice, too. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. And good so, point. you know, I, I actually thought it was really good. That's a good point. But because I like Hank Pym, at least the version I know, yeah. I really like the way they treated it, and I, I like Michael Douglas's portrayal of the character mm-hmm. a lot. my heart. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's one of the same things where when they go back to like in Tony Stark with the books, he's an alcoholic because yeah. there's that a famous story of him, um, demon in a bottle, where he's he got drunk and he accidentally killed people wearing his armor. Sure. You know, so people sometimes go back to that well when they shouldn't. Um, it was sort of it 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 almost overpowers his history. And I'm guilty of that too because yeah. when they first announced uh, Iron Man, I thought, oh, perfect. Robert Downey Jr. He's an alcoholic. alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. This is going to be great because they yeah. understand. But the reality is, it was more like a blip in time. Right. It wasn't really. A, a and you don't want to go to that kind of level of story because it's too. Right. Too much. Right. No. Yeah. So for so, people who never doesn't like read a lot of comics and don't anything about Ant Man, Ant Man's kind of one of the characters I think, in general, people always like. You write a about you're like, oh, kind of like seems like a goofy. Yeah. You'd be like weak like character, but then shrinks. What's the big deal? The the whole thing with Michael Douglas like. I, I really like what he did for he kind of built a whole like new respect for that character and for me because he's like he's like super smart and he's like it's kind of tough he's like hitting people and I was like <laughs> it changed my appointment like you know you know right for the better right yeah. if it had been just like Paul Rudd had character doing Ant-Man then it would have been kind of what I thought Ant-Man was was just kind of like a goofy yeah. some dude some dude like I enjoyed it I enjoyed it I like what they do with the characters and I thought their dynamic was really good I, I to some degree hope that they make more Ant-Man movies that they have a mini team with Hank Pym running the background and you've got his little ant force right you know <laughs> his daughter and right. you know uh, Scott and whatever I, I think it works really well because they have things that the other doesn't have right can really help them with whatever they're going to do and I do think that's the Marvel <laughs> Universe you know, it's it's a fantastic universe because you can have Guardians of the Galaxy, which is sci-fi. You can have um, Doctor Strange, which is going to be completely yeah, magic nuts. weird. Yeah. yeah, and you can have um, all different levels, universe, street level, mid-tier, that kind yeah. of thing. And you have to have movies like this because you have to remind the audience that the MCU has a diversity um, and that everything doesn't have to be epic. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, even though it's like you guys say it's kind of a it's a small, a smaller story, or not epic. Mm-hmm. But the way that Hank Pym described it is like, this is not just some silly suit. That technology changes the fabric of the way people like the whole. And he's right. Yeah, he's right. He's he's right. right. Like all the gold, yeah. it kind of lends a lot of weight. It to does. It. But the movie itself is not an epic. Like yeah. the world's gonna end now, right. you know, today. But he's he's right though. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. And I what think. I like about that is they kind of put him on an Einstein level, where Einstein yeah. discovered yeah. you know nuclear um, energy, and he basically said it's going to change the world. But right. Scott's basically position, I don't want the world changed by this technology in this way. So he's taking it upon himself to keep it hidden so that other people can't use it. Hank, not Scott. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. He's like the bigger picture, right? Yeah, I does. think so. I think so. And then I think they they understand, too, that he wants peace. And without saying it directly, they embody that notion of the kind of Hank that I like. Right, right. So I, I did enjoy the movie a lot. I really have no complaints about it at all. Um, Fair. I think the only way you can really complain about it is if you wanted something from it versus how it executed. Sure. That's my thought. Um, Very eloquent as always. Sure. Okay. Okay. Kai. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm waiting for this one. 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. So, like but, but, still keep it, but still keep it shorter if you can. <laughs> um, yeah. So in terms of the light, right, I echo a lot of what people said. It was a it was a good narrative. I liked the scope. I enjoyed the fact that it's a smaller scale. Um, I enjoyed the clean storytelling, right? I liked the you know the humor and the way they paced it, the visuals. Um, it, it all told a very unique Ant-Man story. It didn't fall like a traditional superhero trope. Movie. And, um, you know, I definitely enjoyed it. I definitely walked out of that movie thinking, 
you know, for the first time, yeah, what am I going to nitpick about this movie? Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Right? But, but, but he found something. But he dig deep. Uh, I found a way. I found a way in my soul. He found it for us. And I'm not going to be the only one on this because I actually got Ronald to agree with me. Oh, okay. here. He can chime in if he wants to. Okay. But, then and I agree with accurate you. Sometimes you're going to be looking for things. <laughs> Right, because yeah. you're always going to say, you know, I wish this movie did that, and it's fair to say, you know what, you don't want to always drag away from core competencies in this case, right? And so that will make my second point definitely way less valid, which I am totally fine with. But one thing that struck to me as, I think either, to me, a potential loss in the movie, especially since they actually explicitly did it, was. One of the most powerful scenes in that movie for me mm-hmm. was when Hank Pym finally kind of poured his heart out to his daughter and told her why he was treating her the way that. Oh, dude, I think I dropped a tear, man. Right? (laughs) (laughs) And the reason that scene is so powerful is because they do a lot of dramatic, I don't want to say dramatic irony, but they do a lot of setup to really show aspects of that relationship to give you an idea of, you're like, man, you know, you know there's a problem there and what happened, and you can kind of guess. Right, like, oh, I'm sure something happened and he doesn't want to happen to her, mm-hmm. you know. But you but once you see it play out, it becomes a really strong message because you see glimpses of that relationship and it allows you to connect to those characters, which is why it was such a big deal. Like especially with um, you know, little tidbits like when they're in the car with you know, Scott and Hope, where Scott's like, You know why I'm here, right? It's because between you and your father, I'm expendable. And that's important to him. Sure. Good Right? And that clued into the next scene, which is, which is he's like, this is why exactly I don't want you to be in that sure. suit because of what happened to, you know, what my wife did for us. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think without those scenes, if you just took those scenes out of the movie, the movie would be a wholly different feel. Oh, it would fall even flatter. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Just generic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, you, you see this coming a mile away. You're like, someone's totally. going to go into the mega molecular level and totally. it's probably going to be Scott. That's classic movie right? setup. Yeah. And here is my issue. My issue here with that is when you have that scene where Scott makes a decision where he needs to go into the suit and make the decision to go into um (laughs) when we have the scene where scott has to make the decision to go mega molecular to beat yellow jacket Mm -hmm. to me that scene lost a lot of value and that's because i didn't get the same setup between scott and his daughter as i did with hank and his daughter and it might have been because sure when you do that you have to expand the movie a little bit, but I think because they made the explicit decision to make him have that almost same decision as Hank's wife did, you want to at least set it up a little bit where you almost feel a little bit as you did when Hank's when the Wasp did it, right? And that's part of it because when you watch the the movie from the beginning, you're supposed to believe that you know on the outset he's a criminal, and then later on you figure out okay. He was a criminal for the good people, right? He did it for the right reason. He got caught. He's reforming, whatever. But the whole time, you never get an idea or, or any reason for why his daughter just unrelentlessly loves him. You know what I mean? Because you, you see it traditionally all the time that kids during those formative years take a lot of things very seriously and very literally. 
So why is it that in every single interaction between him and his daughter, it's already immediately like, oh my God, I love you, why are you out of my life? Which normally is fine if you want to set it and accept it as a precedent, but give me some clues. Give me some reasons why his daughter is so enamored with him, even though he went to jail, right, and came back. So you don't buy the relationship that his daughter loves him? Is that why? I don't fully buy it. I'm fine with taking it at face value, but if you're going to set up a scene where he's seriously thinking about, you know, like basically potentially killing himself just to save, um, I mean, obviously, in this case, the world and his daughter, right? But you don't get the same emotional connection. I want to care more about you and your daughter, but you don't give me enough context to do so. I'll comment only because I, I didn't feel the need to to feel that it needs to be illustrated in the movie more. Um, I think the scene where he gives her this really ugly bunny yeah. said it all. Yeah. They yeah. have an understanding of each other and they understand each other and they know who each other are and they know each other's tastes. Yeah. And they but have that's, on that level. But that's, that's part of it, right? To me, that's evidence with no details. Uh, Why, what do they understand about each other? Here's the other Why thing. Why is she like that? Here's the other thing, too. Let's say they didn't have a good relationship. Sure. Okay. There's a scene in the movie where they talk about trying to save not our world, our world, but their right, world. our children's world. You don't have to have a connection with your kid to want to create a good world for them. Absolutely, I can agree with that. So for those reasons, I feel like if they spent time trying to develop the relationship between the son, uh, the daughter, and yep. and um, Scott, it would be a good use of time for the movie. Yeah, the overkill. Yeah, I, I agree that that's all scene. That was a it all. Like, right. It's, he it's, gets her, like, and she, you know, she they loves get each other. And they build on that when the mother comes in and says, you sure you don't want one of these other things? Yeah, she's like, what the hell? She says, no, I like this. It's right. not just her love for her father, but this is my taste, and he understands that. And right. we have a connection. And that's actually canon in the books. Um, that actually is real from the books, too, where Cassie, you know, is always, like, you know, loving his father, her father, Scott, and kind of like, oh, who's this foster dad I have to live with now? He's not really my dad. And they, they illustrate this, but that's actually canon, too. Uh, yeah, and think about uh, Hope and um, Hank as well. She didn't like him for a long time, too. Sure. And But he still wants to do everything for her. But there was way more context around that. But there had to be. Because sure. you're older. That's all, the direct right? movie. Exactly. She right. Has to be I know. Right. For kids, it's more easy to have that like unconditional love. Like she's like a little kid, so she's like obviously. Yeah, you don't need to go into detail because it's very simple for for children, or should be simplistic with children. But you know, Nick knows he's talked from experience. You know. Right. My daughter loves me. I go to jail tomorrow. Should be okay. She's like good. I see what you're saying though. I I just don't don't necessarily think I I agree that it needed to be done. Right, and I'm never I'm never setting this up as like a game-breaking thing. Yeah. I'm just saying, if there's something that I had to nitpick on, <laughs> you found it, right? That was it. And so, for the record, for the record, though, I, I, that's not exactly what I, where I agreed with Kion. I mean, um, <laughs> for the record, I, 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 don't try me for the record. Guy. Let the record state that, I mean, I, I didn't think that there needed to be more of a relationship or detailed relationship between uh, um, Scott and his daughter. I, I was thinking, you know, when Ant-Man was forced, well, forced to go submolecular, I, I just didn't think he had no other choice. It, it was so fast that I, I felt like maybe he could have done something else. 
other than go submolecular and sacrifice his life like so quickly, you know, I, I, I just I wanted to see him try a few other things before he had to before he realized like, oh, shoot, I have no other choice. I'm going to have to sacrifice my life for my daughter and go submolecular. Yeah, it was kind of a quick decision. But, hmm, it was a, it was a really, really <laughs> yeah. Quick yeah. I think it's it's almost like kindergarten plotting in yeah. a way. I, I get that. Yeah. But not to justify, but I know I've made really stupid decisions in a really short amount of time. Right. right? That, that yeah. is true. Especially that is true. I I can do this or this. I'm not a good creative fighter. I I can train. You know, whatever. Yeah, you don't have the time. To I'm think not going to argue it out. I I couldn't. That's fair. It. But if the movie was worse, I probably would. Yeah. Yeah, the movie right. was entertaining enough, enjoyable enough that I right. didn't have to dwell on right. sort of the elementary mm -hmm. of the plotting. Yeah. Again, Kai and I were nitpicking at the time. I mean, we were just kind of pulling up straws <laughs> in terms of what we yeah. wanted to say was negative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I kind of go back to the Avengers 1 movie where if I really sat down, I mean, I immensely enjoyed the movie. I could nitpick it. I could nitpick it to death. Really? I think so. But this movie, I can't really nitpick too much on it. Oh, you mean you could nitpick the first one today? The Avengers. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, yeah, I no, could then I agree. Oh, then I agree. Okay. But this movie was, was pretty Right, tough. this one was very tough. This yeah. was absolutely tough. Because yeah. the, the second weaker point for me mm -hmm. was um, the sense of danger was just never there. Like, absolutely never there. Okay, fair point. Right? Because even if it was just at the family level, mm -hmm. right, it just, you never felt it, right? Which might be fine because that's kind of the narrative the, the story's trying to tell. But at the same time, it did try to point to, hey, look, if we mass produce these yellow jacket suits, like, look at how badly he beat up Falcon, right? Like, it could have gotten way worse. But, but it kind of had an hydro element in there, too, didn't it? A little bit, yeah. But, yeah, but it's not obvious for it. That was funny. The majority of people, yeah. I didn't feel that it was severe. I kind of agree with you on that point, though I did see the danger. And I think the way they tried to build out the story was when he had his demo video, they had really horrible ways of how things were was being used right, for assassination, right. for espionage, yeah. and and although it wasn't as immense in the movie like an impending danger or a future right. doom, right. I I felt it from sort of a psychological level. Like right, potentially this can be. Yeah, really if you're bad. paying attention more and you thought yeah. about the, the but yeah, you're right. It wasn't yeah. illustrated as well for yeah. people who just want to go see a movie. Right. But I felt it was it would be really bad sure. if they weaponized it. Sure. They say it. Hank Pym says it. Yeah. I love Hank Pym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, I agree. Those are nitpickable points. Mm -hmm. I agree. Okay. Yeah. Um, but other than that, right, I mean, it's just a very enjoyable movie, right? Yeah. Something that I think is very respectable for, since I knew nothing about the anime character, besides the fact that he was supposed to be the father of Ultron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? And that he he's most well known for the Pym particle. Right, which yep. is something that is absolutely destructive, but also... So is that what he uses in the little weapons that he throws? Yeah. The growing yeah. and shrinking yeah. discs? He discovers... Um, I think he just... I forgot exactly. They change it sometimes. He discovers these particles and I think messes with it, and he names it after himself, obviously. It's the thing that he can use to shrink and grow things at will. So, yeah. yeah. So the method of him doing it is just different every time. Sometimes he'll just sort of, like, throw it out, like, a, like energy, and other times he's using some gadgets to... You know, disperse it. So the method is not important. It's just one of those things where you say, oh, he's using pin particles, and you don't really ask too many questions. You don't really, really, yeah, you don't really need to know. I mean, it's just, you know, one this of those This was things. the first time I heard them describe it as changing the distance between atoms. Yeah, right. I've never heard them say it that way, but that, mm -hmm. that was a little odd to me because 
even if you change the distance between atoms without compression, it won't work. Yeah. You basically have a small figure that has the same density. Yeah. So they shouldn't have gone into the details. I don't think so either. Anybody with like any rudimentary physics <laughs> background right. would be like, eh, no. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> Get smaller. <laughs> yeah. Stronger. Yeah. Which is why you should be able to fight being small the whole yeah. time. Well, that's kind of a good explanation. I mean, I can get the getting smaller, fight, but but the density should maintain, which would explain strength. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Unless he said something in the movie where he says, you know, the pin particle will shrink you, but you still retain it for some reason because of whatever. Sure. And if it's against physics, then I think he sort of explains that why, what these things do. You know, he's sort of bending science, obviously. Yeah. Of course. Which is fine. Yeah. yeah. They didn't even think about that till now, but I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Well, it's obviously possible. Yeah. Okay. Good. More? Or? And, um, no, that's, that's it. Okay. So, what do you guys, uh, what do you guys think yeah. about the, the Avenger scene, his fight with Falcon? Awesome. A lot of fun. I actually really liked it. I thought it was, like, I thought he could have ended it earlier, too. I was like, I thought it was, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, oh, that was I, really good. Um, did you guys I think, think it was, do you think it was forced or no? No. Did what? what was the question? Was it forced? No, I didn't think so. I, I think it was. Cameo. I think it was slightly forced, but I, as a person who enjoys all of these, like, you know, cross universe, uh, you know, characters and everything, I think it was a really good idea. It also, sh- I think, to me, showed that Ant Man could fight uh, on an Avengers le- level. You know, he beat Falcon. Like, you know, he, yeah. he's good enough to be uh, an Avenger. Mm-hmm. So that thing where Falcon, that's, that was my kind of problem with it. The thing where Falcon could see him is out of the usual like power of Falcon like see, being able to... He's using technology. His yeah. real power, this is, okay, weird. He actually has a, it's, it's different for these universes. In the books, he actually has some mental uh, telepathy connections with real birds. Uh, so he uses, he uses <laughs> technology to fly, um, but in the books, and actually it does make sense, he has a, a bird that he uses as sort of like his sidekick partner, but... He's able to see through the bird's eyes and also sort of have somewhat mental control over certain birds. Yeah. But Game of Thrones crossover, anybody? Yeah, actually, yeah. But when you think about it, he actually has eyes everywhere because these birds are everywhere. So he actually is very powerful. What? At that. Um, is that technology? Or is it's, that? I no. forgot the exact origin. I have to go back and okay. check. But there's something where some, some accident or something happened. So now he has a, a, a telepathic connection with... With birds. You're talking about the jive turkey version of Falcon, uh, right? No, uh, no, not that one. <laughs> but Red Wing, his bird in the books, is actually a uh, really powerful, very strong power. But he can actually use birds to his advantage because they're basically drones in the sky, eyes and ears. So he can actually, you know, expand his distance. But anyway, they're not going to do that for the movie. I think he's just using technology, which yeah, is fine. Yeah, that's Yeah. Yeah, that's so weird. So if I find that, I'll find the background of that for you guys if you're really interested. But yeah. Um, but you know the whole force thing. I just want to comment on that. I think it is force in the traditional sense where they say we got to write that end to tie together. But I'm, I'm with you, Anthony. Where it was nice to see, and I love the crossover stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's, and, it, and if they could make it relevant where it just doesn't seem worthless, I think it's a huge win. Right. Yeah. Really I mean, yeah. the, the fact that he had some <laughs> something he had to steal from this power. Uh, was like the little bit of force part. I mean, I mean, they just added this thing, like you know, go grab this thing from the Avengers Tower or whatever. But uh, I still, yeah, I still thought it was good. I still thought it was funny um, uh, how he didn't know, like it was Avengers Tower, and then what? What he? Oh yeah, he just like he just calls him like a son of a bitch. Like it's just that great. It's just yeah. a great reaction when he realizes, oh shit, it's the Avengers Tower. 
Well, I like yeah. how we commented about having to steal something to save the world, which is what they had to do to steal the Falcon suit right. for the wings the first time right. as well. Remember that? It's steal from S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Exactly. So he was trying to relate to him. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Yep. So I thought it was good. Really good. Okay. Cool beans. Uh, okay. So, you. Okay. It leads me. So uh, most of your stuff I get. So I'll look at it like this. Um, I might have been biased toward the movie because, one, I like heist films. And I actually thought the heist – I've seen better heist films. But it is a heist movie, so I kind of am already biased to it. And, you know, I didn't need it to be super detailed heist. Uh, so I may be biased. I also have, you know, a young daughter, so I can, um, I can kind of relate to that as well. Um, so I'm also biased to that thing. So the thing about what you said about connection with the daughter, I, I get what you're saying, but I won't agree because with – Kids, you just need a simple connection, right? So, um, I, I, that's why I, I'm kind of going with um, some inherent bias. But I like the movie more than I thought I would. I would go, I was going in thinking, oh, this could be a disaster because you know, unknown character, very different, looks kind of cheesy. Even though I like the character in the books, but I, enjoy, I knew I would like it. I didn't think I'd like it more than I expected. Who was the director? Was he anybody from this Um, So it actually, and also there's a lot of creative problems behind the scenes, all the mm-hmm. drama between the original the, uh, person who was going to direct it, what was his name? Um, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright yeah. for years, and then there was some creative fallout, and then another guy to come in and take over. Peyton so, Reed. Peyton Reed. So, you, so there was also some problems potentially where, wow, if you had someone come in in the middle, is it going to be a disjointed movie and all that, right? Um, but they were actually able to kind of keep it pretty consistent. Um, I like all the, the shrinking and um, growing gags, mm-hmm. you know, the Thomas the Train and, and the Tank and all that. I thought those were hilarious also. Mm. Again, partly because I have a kid, so I have some of those toys in my house, um, so it's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, now you brought up something that was very interesting about um, the hitting part when you see Hank Pym hitting. Yeah. I didn't notice that more, but I did notice more about the, um, the mental instability. Mm-hmm. So when Hank, Hank tells um, you know, Scott saying, I don't... I had to stop wearing the suit because it was driving me insane. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's a call out to him being in the books mentally unstable all the time. So that's kind of where I saw it. It was. But his character yeah. didn't show real mental exactly. instability. Right, because he was away from it. And, I, and part of me is sort of like, well, I kind of wish they went with the more traditional Hank Pym and the Wasp as founding Avengers. They definitely, you know, changed them dramatically, right? And, and um, you know, instead of having Janet they have hope, which is their daughter, which, okay, I, I can kind of accept that. That's typically something that DC does, you know, using legacy characters, right? Parental, child, and you kind of keep it going. Um, but in a way, I, I guess I'm okay with it. Um, is like, not in the books, the uh, no. daughter? Uh, I think there's a hope character, but she's not really large. I don't remember all the details, but I would have preferred, like, Hank and Janet to be somewhat on level with the other Avengers. But I think with movies, you only have enough characters you can cram in to keep the audience. So I understand you have to go with the big three, right? Cap, Thor, and Iron Man. Because if you start going everywhere else, it just gets too convoluted, right? Um, so I did like the fact that, um, you know, they, the, the, part of me does like the sort of weird rivalry that Hank has with Tony Stark. Like, I like the jab. He goes, oh, a stupid suit. You know, he kind of makes fun of his technology. I'm like, that doesn't sound like professional uh, rivalry. That sounds like contempt a little yeah. bit to me. Um, and I'm like, ooh, that's kind of, um, you know, a different. And I think he doesn't like Tony Stark because he had fallout with his father yeah. back then which is an interesting angle. So I'm not used to this Hank Pym version, but I, I really liked how it, you know, it still had enough of the original from the books. Um, and I think Michael Douglas is a tremendous actor. He's really good. Um, so I liked him also. So 
that worked for me. Yeah, I, you know, so. I just want to make a comment here. I, I, I like that you called that out because I didn't think about that because my wife has often said to me, she didn't like the idea of the fact that the Avengers team potentially has too many geniuses. Yeah. For them to have this sort of um, friction, or at least disagreeing, disagreement about the sciences and things like that. Right. I think it adds a dimension that makes it more acceptable. Right. Otherwise, you've got you know um, the Hulk. Yeah. Who's a genius? You've got mm-hmm. Tony Stark. Everybody. Yeah. And now you got, yeah. yeah. Now you got Hank Pym and. So it's like rivalry. Yeah. Outside. All you have is a bunch of smart guys around. Is everybody a genius? Right. But they're of completely different mind, and they need to just show that. I think that's important. So. Right. Yeah, and that's, that's how it is in the animated series. They're all sort of in their own little realm, their own powerhouses, right? Right. So I right. really, it, so what you're saying really reflects for me for the animated series. Right. So they it's, did that. They did that differently, and I did like what they said about what you said about the villain. Uh, I'll agree with that. Um, I think the actor did what he could with the material. I think he did what he could, yeah. Um, I think if they supported it with some flashback sequences showing a younger Darren Cross. You know, with Hank Pym doing some of that stuff and showing their their issues with each other, and it would have given him a little bit more depth instead of oh you abandoned me blah blah and you just sort of accept it right. Um, that would have been fine. I think that was a, that would have been an easy way to just you know throw some flashback sequences of him back in the day. Um, then you know that would have developed his character more. Yeah. Um, I was kind of hoping, and again I don't have any nitpicks per se, but I was kind of hoping when they he went to the microverse right when he shrunk down 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 that you would actually see Janet sort of in the background. That's all going to happen. And Did you hear about that? That's a that's an Easter egg thingy. You hear about that I, or no? I, I didn't see anything. I, I would have thought, like, so, you know, they've, they've acknowledged her that she she went to she shrunk too much, and she's, she's lost. She's probably alive. I and I don't think she's dead at all, of course. Um, yeah. But she's so, not going to so, be the wasp of the, the Marvel Universe movies. I mean, her daughter's going to be, obviously. But I, I would have thought, like, they'll just show, like, a little cameo, like, oh, she's still there. And then, so who was the director said? Conception. Oh, really? uh, so Peyton Reed said, uh, if you look closely in the whatever micro realm verse, uh, and you look on the reflection on his mask, you can uh-huh. see a shadow of a figure. Um, I, I'm pretty sure they're gonna oh. at some point come back to her and find her. They, and it's really smart because they don't have to cast anybody yet. They, they just show right, a shadow. Right. You don't really exactly. have to. You don't have to have an, act, an actress. Um, but yeah, he he confirmed that it's uh, that it's there. Oh, okay. So, so that's two good things point. about that. Yeah. I read that. Didn't know that. Well, first off, um, you'll notice that you never get to see her face. Yeah. Right. Even in the fan portrait. Yeah, you don't get to see her face ever. Right. Uh, so they didn't cast anybody. But I heard that the, the figure that you see is actually Eternity. Oh, Eternity. Oh, Eternity. Wow. I like that more. When Michael Douglas describes that microverse, it's basically uh, the time and space don't matter. Okay. Yeah. And so, so okay. Quickly. Yeah. That's what <laughs> I heard. Be. But it's, it's completely possible. I, I was actually hoping for that, too, that he would might bring you back. Yeah. Right. Or you mm-hmm. see her kind of floating yeah. in the background. And which would be perfectly fine because yeah. the time and space don't matter. She will not have aged. Right. right. And, and I, I theorize, and I'm not, this is probably totally reaching, but the very last thing you saw, the crystal mirrors or whatever, I was like, maybe that's a multiverse. Perhaps. Maybe you get to pick where and when or has control over what he does and that they might right. use that to try to bring her back. But um, the rumor, too, is that Michael Douglas says that if they do bring her back, he wants Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah, his wife. Thanks. <laughs> 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 and, and Eternity, just real quick, is um, real, 
in a nutshell, is a cosmic level being in the Marvel Universe. And it's the physical embodiment of all there is in the whole universe. It is literally the universe in, in, with some form of physical, almost like a physical being. But, you know, mortals like us cannot interact with that being. You have to be at a totally different cosmic level or a cosmic level being in order to interact with eternity. Mm-hmm. Eternity is sort of like the all-encompassing universe of everything. Yeah, he actually is made up of the universe. Yeah, like a cosmic deity <laughs> type of thing. So it's really way out there, very abstract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exists so, in the microverse or that just no, 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 he no. just exists. Yeah, he just exists. He's everything and everywhere. And so, every yeah. He's, he's like the beginning, middle, and end of the entire universe, so to speak. Um, is he a hero? Um, it, it doesn't make it, it's good and bad or not. Even bad one. Yeah, it's he's just. At his level, there's no concept of heroes. Right. Yeah. But that's a human thing. And usually, they they visually represent him as like this character, like a humanoid character with arms and legs and a flat head, um, but with you know sort of like a cloak. But he's you can see like the stars and planets within him. When you look at him, you see the galaxies. Yeah, the galaxies. Huh. Yeah, that's like that's how like if he ever talked to a physical or like a, a mortal being or something like that, that's the only way you can. And, you know, right. potentially communicate because you would be blown away by the, the vastness of this right. character. So, but yeah, it, we're, we're going to get to a really metaphysical begin to that side yeah, of thing. Exactly. So, eternity is a big Easter egg. I didn't hear about that. That's very interesting. It's a theory. I don't know if it's true. So, I saw it somewhere. Somebody said it. That would be crazy. Yeah. Because if I would actually much rather enjoy an eternity Easter egg than a wasp Easter egg for two reasons. One, mm-hmm. because eternity, I would really hope plays a role in the Infinity Gauntlet story. Like, oh my god, like, it's already not looking good for the (laughs) Phase 3. And if they don't do anything at that level, I'm incredibly worried. Because they would have to, they should have just made, um, they should just just have not gone with Infinity Gauntlet. They should have just went with one of the first times that the Avengers fight Thanos. And that would have been fine. But the fact that they go for Infinity Gauntlet, based on what the story actually says, they've got a lot of work to do. But no, no, no. No, you want the you want the story. You want that comic uh, that comic book story. But this is totally different. This is movie movie universe. I feel like they need to change it. They don't need to do the. They can do similar themes. I think from the yeah. comics, but uh, if they veer too far abstract or too out there, I think you're gonna lose a lot of the audience. You know, with all the stories and all the movies, like. With all the sessions we have, I learned from you guys about like, oh, what was the club? What was the stone? What was that box? And even with all that, I can barely follow along. And I always ask, what was <laughs> No, and that's a fair and point. I, I talk to like my cousins when we go watch it. They're like, what are you talking about? There was a box. There was a jewel. Like, it's there's so, so much. Can't, I can yeah. barely Choi follow can't even figure out when Ant Man grows and shrinks. So why wait such good material? When you don't even have to use the gauntlet, use something else. I know, right? Yeah. Because everybody wants to see the gauntlet. Let's well, be honest. Marvel everybody wants to see it. They're trying to really get you up to that point. It's for people who like the the right. Well, but that's the point. For well, people that like the story, I argue. I think they're trying to, you know, for the civilians. But they need to kind of slowly ramp you up there because otherwise, if it's just, you know, yeah. too abstract, it's too big, right? So I think they're trying to ease the audience into it. Now, now it's just a matter of execution. Yeah, yeah. I agree with Kai. It has to be like, oh mate, you can't mm-hmm. just be like, oh, here's a little glove. Like, yeah. You, you can't just like. Right, but we don't know, so that's gonna be like in three, four yeah. years from now. <laughs> so we'll. What see. are you saying? You get to remember so much. To yeah, the story. Yeah. And that they should have done it. Absolutely. In in the context of the Avengers, mm-hmm. right? And even in the storyline, the Avengers are fodder. 
right? Yeah. So why yeah. would you select a story at that level and try and execute it in, in a universe that we know can't be that grandiose? Why waste the source material when you could have easily pulled anything else? Well, they're going to adapt it. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm with Anthony. They're going to change it, so it's they're going to change it. I know it. they're going to adapt it, but again, why use that source material? I think I they want to go with the cool. I, They never said they're using the source material. I think they're just using like the, the same Elements. like themes again. It's just like, right. so then you know? Why use the themes? I think they're just being very bold and, and, and trying because to Because they don't see... Yeah, I think it's a totally like, different yeah, universe. It's, like, forever, you know? yeah. it's not like they, have, they can bank on this going for 50 years. Right. No, no, it's not even saying banking on it, because the point is that Marvel as a company has so much source material. Why did you decide to literally go for the biggest gun where we already know it's not going to That's the debate below whether it's going to work or not, right? So. Yeah, wait, wait, who said well, it's not going to work? Kai. <laughs> oh, wait, what? Right now. It's evident what do you mean? right now that it's not working. He, Nick has no clue what's going on. Oh, I do. I do. Well, barely. That's Nick. <laughs> well, I get it. From that's what Nick. You guys tell me, but like, when I watch it with like, my friends who don't read comics, they're like, what, that stuff's all supposed to relate somehow? See? Like, what is the glo- like, why is there even a glove? So, well, I, mean, that's I mean, you know... I mean, yeah, those little scenes are for, honestly, are for like the hardcore people. Like, most people yeah. aren't going to know what that glove is. Like, no, honestly... And, I, and that's fine. And I'm saying, if we agree that it's for the hardcore people... I think they're failing in that camp too. I'm saying that scene is. I'm not saying that that specific, uh, oh. the specific oh. storytelling is. Yeah. I mean, you can. Huh? I'm saying I'm sorry? both the storytelling. I'm saying the storytelling from an Infinity Gauntlet perspective, and all the little clues are failing for both the general audience and the hardcore audience. Yeah, I but I agree with that. Only because now I, I think. It's it's now about execution, yeah. um, but I I admire the fact that they're going for something big and bold, but they're also taking their time because you don't want to just go out there and do something crazy. If you have a big bold storyline, why not go for yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Why why not go for it? I, so I admire the yeah. I agree in those cases, but there were better stories they could have been more bold with that were on a smaller scale. Well, sure, but I mean, so mm. far the track record has been pretty good. Yeah. And they haven't outright flopped or failed. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't be concerned, but, you know, we've still got a few years, so... Here's the thing, too. Here's the thing, too. I think Kevin Feige, he's like he's like the guy who runs everything, right? If you know you're only going to run this for whatever, a finite amount of time, so three phases is probably his three, his three phases and he's done, why would you not, like, push it as much as you can? Like, you know, we have this... Uh, I'm not going to run this thing forever. Let's just right, do everything right, right. we can. Let's do Civil War. Let's do, you know, yeah. <laughs> Guardians. Let's right, like, you don't have 20, Let's try to get all these things. Uh, you, I agree. So I, I agree. think, yeah, what's hot today may not be hot tomorrow, so you might as well go for it now. While the, while you yeah, can I get think all the Feige just wants to do everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, and I think I was really happy, actually, that they pushed Thanos up to Phase 3 because yeah. when they announced it, I, I was excited. I thought it was too soon because you have to build up the entire Marvel universe yeah. in order to take that storyline on. So yeah. you have to work out Spider-Man. You got to work out the Fantastic Four, which of course I don't think is going to happen. No, right. Uh, <laughs> but, but you have to have the, the roster of characters to build a story. Right. Now I do think they're going to deviate significantly from. Oh, uh, absolutely. Now, significantly. Not I a bad read thing. it. That's an Not a bad thing. I didn't like it, to mm-hmm. be honest, because the end of, of the, the the story. The book. Yeah. The book, really? Yeah. I, Okay, we'll uh, talk about that next time. Yeah, I won't go into it. But but I, I, I agree with the book. I think okay, you have to say, book. yeah, this Marvel, the Marvel gravy train is not going to run forever. Right. Yeah, and I can see that. In there. And you don't keep it in your pocket 
and throw it out when you realize you're starting to die. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Right. You build up to it. Right. So I I think it was the right thing to do, but I agree that is disjointed too, because the way they're building up to it, there's there's a lot of disconnects. So much. I think that just doesn't flow well into the larger story. I agree. Think about it this way, like, what if they completely removed the concept of the gauntlet, but just had Thanos as this this shadow manipulator, kind of like um, Kingpin, but at that universe level, Mm -hmm. where you constantly see him affecting different parts of each of these movies, and you start going, man, why is this huge guy orchestrating all these things that are occurring (laughs) on multiple movies? Well, that is a disconnect. Because they're trying to do that, but they're right. failing at it. Right. Yeah. And so I, I'm saying that they could have still gone for a Thanos level character, mm-hmm. right? Which is still going for going big or go home because he's a great character to use. Yes. But then you don't have to force this this uh, Infinity Gauntlet narrative into it, right? No. You change, you the you gotta go for it. No. Yeah, I think gotta go. Want, I think they want to go for it. They go all in. I already think they want to go me as a fan. I'm already going to be disappointed. They think they, they, I think they want to go for the Gauntlet story, and I, I think yeah. that's fine. Go for it. You know why not, right? We'll see. Yeah, it's it's going to be different story. than the book, so I'm not even going to judge it by the book. Just you know, see what what they do with it. They might be pleasantly surprised. I can't judge by the book. Yeah, you can't judge it by the book. Can you imagine how great it's going to be if it works? I I'm curious because it's going to be completely different. Yeah, it's, like saying, it. it's like saying it's like taking the iPhone. And then turning it into a boat. <laughs> what? That's literally what I don't know what that means. That's the point. Right. They literally they literally <laughs> hollow out the entire story and they use the physical representations of it. I think what you meant to say is <laughs> and anything else. Instead of getting an iPhone, you get one of those cheap uh, knockoffs from China, which is like nothing. Well, not oh, China, 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 right? Or this is like like a case. It turns from an iPhone to a case. For we'll see. Right. We should go to. Uh, we should, should we go to final reviews? Yep. We'll so final reviews. Scores? So scores. Uh, one out of ten. Uh, of course, one being the worst and ten being the best. And then we'll close off. In the room. Let's we'll start. Back next. Uh, I give it a seven overall. I liked it. I really liked Paul Rudd, by the way, too. I think he's like one of my favorite actors. He's like, finally really funny. So overall, seven. I just, um, I don't know. I kind of wanted more from it, but I liked it. Okay. Doc? Uh, I will give it an 8.4, which okay. for me is high only because of, That's you know. That's pretty high for Doc. <laughs> Weird-ass numbers all the time. It was just enjoyable, but it wasn't. Fantastic. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Not very good, but not great. Very really well written, really well executed. Yeah. Very good, but not great. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll get back to your rating shortly. Um You know, I was almost willing to give it a nine, but you're right. I don't get. I. If it happens to me, I would recommend to people all the time, but it's not something where I'm going to be like, yeah, this is a great representative piece of a great movie, right? right. So I would definitely give it somewhere in the Probably ballpark of 8.5, 8.6. Okay. Ronald? Ronald? Um, I would, sorry, I was on mute. Uh, I okay. would give it an, I would give it a solid eight. Um, like, okay. I mean, le- like that said, it was a really great movie. Hard to uh, pick out flaws in it. Had to really nitpick, nitpick to pick it out. Um, but on the other hand, it, it didn't, I, I think it's getting harder and harder, right, to raise the bar, right, to get anything more above an eight. We've seen a lot 
Marvel has been putting out consistently putting out really solid movies. So I think honestly, it's it's really hard to uh, you know benchmark against some of these past movies that they put out. Um, if Ant Man came out earlier on in the Marvel movie universe, I may have given it a higher score, but right now I just give it a solid eight. Cool. You bring up a good point that I just want to comment on where. Even if I give this an 8.4 and I gave something like, I don't know, um, Winter Soldier an 8.3, they're not necessarily comparable. Yeah. Um, really, right? They should be. It's supposed to be like... It's hard, right? It's almost like comparing a comedy versus romance. Right. They're different movies. Yeah, they're just such different kinds of movies. So I have to try to rate them within their own yeah. selves. A little bit of context. You're right. They should be side by side, but I don't think they've necessarily done that one. All right. Anthony? Uh, I'm with Ronald. I give it a solid 8. Okay. I will yep. give it an 8.5 because it's very good. Not great, but I think that's okay. Um, one thing I always forgot to uh, add is the, the humor, especially with that other character by Michael Pena. Pena? Yeah. He was excellent. Yeah. Uh, he was one of those supporting characters that really helped make the, the, the humor. <laughs> it could have been a disaster. Um, and it's very. Guy. It could, yeah, it could have been very. He was hilarious, and it, that part was really well done. They didn't overdo it, um, and I think that really helps because I've I've seen some movies where, so you know, you've all seen them supporting characters. You just want them to die or something. Yeah, they're so yeah, annoying. Yeah. George R. Binks. Yeah, George R. Binks. <laughs> yeah, okay. George R. Binks phenomenal. Exactly. In Transformers Four, there was one character that was played by um, what's his name, um, uh, T. J. Miller. Hated him. And when he died, I actually cheered, which is rare for me. Okay? Is that so Wait, you saw you Transformers 4? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, watched Transformers 4? What the? Yeah, totally, dude. I haven't even seen it. Why? With Marky Mark. I watch it just to... I just watch it for the junk yeah. food, but that's a different story. But really, the Michael Pena character <laughs> in this movie was awesome. He, he was really good. So, but anyway, 8.5 because I thought, yeah, I did everything more or less what I wanted. Very nitpicky on stuff, but... I, it's also because I have um, inherent bias because of being a, a father to a, a young daughter, mm-hmm. approximate age, and also because of heist film, and I like heist film. So, um, yeah. So, with that, that is the end of our podcast. Any final thoughts before I close this off? So, the next uh, one's not till like, Civil War? Oh, well, think of something. Star Wars. Something in the middle oh, no, wait, Deadpool. Well, I guess Star Wars. Wars. Star Wars. Deadpool, Deadpool's you remember Batman. Yeah. Oh. We can actually go back to old stuff. We can go back to old stuff too. So we can start a post and pick on something that we've all seen before. No, let's just remember. Wait, when's that coming out? Next year, March. Oh, oh that'd be a while. So it's March. Star Wars comes first in December. So but we can all pick something. We can go back and pick something that we've all seen and then do those, right? Oh yeah, I'll rewatch it. Right? We gotta hear from Marty though. Yeah. Yeah, we have to hear from you know other folks. But I will say this has been very a very good entertaining and informative <laughs> session and I look forward to watching my basis of the movie was just going to be the animated series and that was like kind at of least you had something yeah, yeah. Right. and I so and I hated the fact that they cast Paul Rudd for it I was just like what the hell until I watched the trailers and I was like okay I see it so now I'm very excited Cool. Yeah. I knew I was going to always like it, but now I'm going to go and look for all of these. Yeah. Different uh, shows. It's going to be a different experience. Uh, I, I think this is the only movie where I could have done that. Okay. You know so. what I could say about why I expected more? is because the one-off character, or the character that general people know me, they don't really know really well, 
like Iron Man, I didn't know, and I was so wowed by that. And then yeah. like Guardians of the Galaxy, I had no idea what that was, and I was like, oh my god, it was so good. Yeah. And the Ant Man's called like this is gonna be good. And then it was it was still good, but it wasn't have that like sure the scale. It, 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 does, yeah. it doesn't have that wow factor. It doesn't yeah, have right. that epicness. It doesn't have. Maybe right. it's like a little like let down. It's just a Small, story of another yeah. character. Yeah. Yeah. Smaller scale, no yeah. pun intended. Yeah. But if it came out earlier, like the Rollins, I think I would have been. Right, because you can't help but compare it to all the other big Marvel movies. Sure, or like the, un- the unknown, like right. Because you're potentially going to get the same feeling with Black Panther. Yeah. Right. Because Black Panther, from a skill perspective, is also kind of at the same level as Ant Man. Quote unquote street level. Yeah, street yeah. level fighting. Right. But you will get things like Miss um, Marvel or Captain Marvel. Right. And also um, Inhumans. Yeah. And also. Um, kind of what was the Avengers. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, yeah. Yeah, so. It will be. Yeah. And then they come in patch. So, okay. All right. As always, cool. Thank you very much. You've got the recording, right? Yep. I got so, it. Send it out. Cool. Thank you, sir. Anthony, Ronald, thank you again. Andrew, it was always a pleasure to got see you. Angry. He looks like We've got to keep the angriness. Hey, for you us. guys, the next time you guys get in, Anthony, we got to go out for drinks after, man. No. <laughs> uh, I was there this weekend for Taylor Swift. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, the old white girl drunk at the Chiefs house there. Oh, my wife. My wife. It's not me. It's not me. Uh, don't lie. Oh. All right, All right guys. Great as always. Fun to talk. I'm going to go pick up my cat's leg now. Bye. 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 Bye.